morning and welcome to our Thanksgiving service. Let's start by giving thanks through song. Please stand and join with us. song 
That's an old song. I used to sing it when I was that tall, probably, growing up. Did you want to say hi, Joyce, or not this morning? <laughs> Just hi. Well, it's so good to be here. We are. This is our Thanksgiving service. That's what we're calling this today. And um, really, the theme would be, in everything, give thanks, but also that as we do, the light that is within us from the Lord begins to shine forth in our surroundings and touch the people in the midst of the darkness. Lots of darkness out there that we see in the world today. But if we maintain a lifestyle or a bent or an attitude, you could call it, toward gratitude and praise, that light is going to go forth in the midst of that darkness, in the midst of everything that's happening. And this will help us in keeping our eyes fixed upon the Lord, who is the source of everything good, and we will shine as lights in a dark room, in a dark place, as God's love flows through us out to other people. A good theme scripture might be 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Given thanks. Hallelujah. Give thanks. Let's say that. Give thanks. And that's what we do to you, Lord. We're going to sing a couple more hymns here. And then Andrew will have you come up. For the beauty
and when I think and when I think that God is Son not sent Him to die I scarce can take it stairs. If you need help finding it, just ask somebody there. 
And the rest of us, let's greet one another. Give a greeting in the Lord. morning church family stay with us for lunch today Adan and Maria are cooking Latino food it's going to be good uh, this Wednesday November 23rd 9 in the morning we will have TCC Touchpoint with Pastor Steve and Joyce there will be no youth group and no children's activities because of the holiday week but they will. those activities will resume next week November 30th at 6pm Sunday, this coming, a week from today, we'll, we'll have the Lord's Supper together, communion. And the next week, Pastor Larry Dorman, our True Bridge overseer for the northern Minnesota, uh, will be speaking at our morning worship service. On the 11th of December, for this year's Christmas story, we will be showing by video the performance of History in the Baking. Um, Right? That's the... Okay, the 11th. This is the original Christmas play written by Sarah, Joy, and Elsie Erholtz that was performed last Christmas. Actually, it ended up being in January this year. Um, after the video, there will be a short continuation, a mini-sequel to the play showing what the characters have been up to in the past year. That will be, for, be performed live on stage, followed by Christmas cookies, of course. The following week, Sunday, December 18th, Kent Dudley and Bended Knee will be doing a Christmas concert here at the church. And also on the 18th, Ten Strike Church ladies, please join us for a baby shower to bless Linnea and Peter Coffin. Please RSVP by December 11th to Angie Modry or on the Facebook invitation. If you'd like to be added to the invitation, please contact Angie or Linnea. They have a gift registry at Target and will be updating the gift registry after the gender reveal party today. So then you don't have to buy green. You can buy blue or pink. Um, and then as far as weather goes, how many of you know that the weather has been changing a little bit? I'm glad for a warm fellowship here today. Uh, just some weather announcements. This is uh, general stuff. Pay attention. Uh, when we have a current winter storm warning and or a wind chill warning issued for the worship service time frame, Wednesday or Sunday, then the worship teams, the children's ministers, and other helps ministry people are not required to come. They should use their own discretion. And the rest of you should use your own discretion too. There will be no meals those days. If possible, Steve and Joyce will come to the church house to have a worship service with whoever else is able to come. The service will be live streamed as usual 
on either Facebook or YouTube on a Sunday like that or a Wednesday like that. Wait, we don't do live on Wednesday. Never mind. Okay. Um, on Sundays, we will still do live streaming. And we will post weather-related information, including cancellations, on the Facebook page and also send it out to the TCC email list. You can see uh, TCC touch points and Sunday morning messages and give online at tenstrikecommunitychurch.com. You can also give uh, through the mail at Tenstrike Community Church, P.O. Box 67, Tenstrike, Minnesota, 56683. Speaking of giving, I just wanted to share quickly a verse, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, which says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I want you to know that as a responsible Christian that I try to be, God has given me the gift of stewardship. God wants me to steward my resources my time, my finances, my talents. And I want to be responsible. I want to be mature. I want to do what God wants me to do. And this here in Ephesians chapter 2.10 is a great reminder of why I do what I do. I belong to the Lord. My resources belong to the Lord. And I want to be obedient to Him. As much as I want to save and take care of things, I know that God is taking care of me. And if I follow godly principles and give with a cheerful heart, I'm tithing into the, the church, then I trust that God will take care of all of my needs. So just remember, give the stress of that responsibility of stewardship to God alone, and He will direct you. Uh, if you want to give here this morning, there are boxes at the back wall there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you are in control, Lord. We are so thankful. We are so blessed as we remember uh, this week, Lord, to be thankful. And uh, we just uh, pray that you would bless the gift and the giver. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, Gilles and Peter, you can come on up here. And Jill and Peter. Peter are going to uh, be reading for us from the Word as we go through this morning of Thanksgiving and focus on Thanksgiving and the things of the Lord. Hallelujah. So we will let you begin there. Morning. Worship was amazing. Yeah. We'll be reading today in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 1 to 20 in the Living Bible. American translation. Follow God's example in everything you do, just as much, just as a much loved child imitates his father. Be full of love for others, following the example of Christ who loved you and gave himself to God as a sacrifice to take away your sins. And God was pleased, for Christ's love for you was like a perfume. Let there be no sexual sin or impurity or greed among you. 
Dirty stories, foul talk, coarse jokes. <laughs> These are not for you. Oh, instead. All the way up. Instead, remind each other of God's goodness and be thankful. Amen. Be thankful. There it is again. I could hear you actually without the mic. <laughs> I think both of you guys are that way. My voice is not like that. I'm very thankful for amplification of voices um, of my voice. But um, Paul here in Ephesians 5, he gives that exhortation concerning many things, as we saw, that are applicable for us today. But uh, then he ends in, and be thankful. And as we read earlier there from 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. This is the will of God. What? That we give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus, and that's where we are if we're in Christ. By the way, welcome to those that are with us online here today. We welcome you as part of this Thanksgiving time. In Christ Jesus, that's the will of God in Christ Jesus for who? For you and for me. So the question is, are we thankful? no matter what. Because it says, in everything. Don't you wish it just said, give thanks when you feel like it or when you want to? <laughs> but here it's saying, in everything. Am I doing that? Why don't you, if you're sitting by somebody there, Poke, poke him and ask him, are you giving thanks and everything? Go ahead, do that. Look him in the eye and ask him. <laughs> so, you know, maybe you're having difficulties at your job, or maybe you've lost your job recently. Um, possibly you've been struggling to make ends meet with, with the economy the way it is right now. Or you may be dealing with sickness or pain. Um, or a loved one who is ill. Or some may be dealing with another person who has let you down or even betrayed you. These are circumstances that can be tremendously difficult very stressful in our lives. But even so, in the midst of these things, it's the will of God that we are thankful. See, what that's showing, if we're thankful, it puts our eyes to the Lord. But also then, it's a, a knowing that we have a Heavenly Father who is going to take care of us in the midst of this situation that we're in right now. Um, here's a story. It's a story of a man who had every right 
to go into, I call it Grumble Valley or Complaint Valley um, or an alley. I've heard it described that way before, Grumble Alley, and become bitter. But he didn't. He didn't go there. This person knew that the next footsteps that he heard coming down the hallway might be those of his executioner. His only bed was the hard, cold stone floor of his dark, cramped prison cell. Not a moment passed when he was free from the constant irritation, pain of the chains and the iron shackles that cut into his wrists and legs. And he was separated from his friends. He was unjustly accused and brutally treated. If there was ever a person who had the right to complain or grumble and even against God, it was this man because he was serving him with all of his heart. And this is where it ended him. Here he was, languishing, almost forgotten in this harsh prison. But instead of complaints, his lips rang out with words of praise and thanksgiving to God. As you may have guessed by now, this man was the person who wrote the passage that Jill and Peter just read, which told us to be thankful. He also wrote 1 Thessalonians 5.18, which I read, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. This man was the Apostle Paul. He was a man who had learned the meaning and the power of giving thanks even in the midst of great adversity. We're going to sing 10,000 Reasons and then we'll go back to Peter and Jill.
Spirit order here today. It may not be what's on the sheet exactly, but that song just before that one now, there was a verse about when that day comes. Can you read that for me? On that day. And on that day. When my strength is failing. Yeah. On that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time, time has come. come. Still my soul will sing your praise unending. 10,000 years and then forevermore. Forevermore. Uh, yesterday it was two years that my mom, that our mother, Joyce uh, H. Pomp transitioned and she arose, but the through the night, Joyce and I were there in the house in the next room, and through the night, there were words of praise and thanks. Here we go again. <clears throat> words of praise and thanksgiving on my mom's lips. Hallelujah. How long did she say hallelujah, Joyce? Who's she saying hallelujah? You remember? Here you're looking. Oh, Joyce has notes. Joyce keeps notes on stuff. But, uh, and this wasn't, we weren't even going to talk about this today, but. No, I didn't. I did grab this. It's my journal from a year ago. Just says we were with mom. We stayed with her several nights because we had just gotten back from a trip. And, um. These are notes that Joyce took two years ago. So I was sleeping on the sofa in her living room. Steve was on the air mattress on the floor. And from 10 o'clock on that Wednesday night till 11.15 over the baby monitor that I had set up in there, I could hear Mom Pomp saying over and over and over, ha, 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 ha. We all know that's what she would do when she was saying, enemy, I'm the overcomer. When she was, there was a battle she was in. She'd go, ha, ha, ha. She did that for an hour and 15 minutes. I could hear over the baby monitor. At 5.20 in the morning when the alarm went off, I woke up and I heard her on the baby monitor. Then she was saying, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I went to her quickly. I went to her, then I quickly ran to get Steve to come because I sensed a transition towards death. Steve came, held her hand the whole time. 5.45, Judy Fowler came, and I let her hold Mom's other hand so I could read John 14 to her from Mom's big, thick Bible. At 6.25, Mom left her body and rose to heaven. Now, this is a note I don't remember sharing before, but I shared it with Steve yesterday. Earlier that night, when I was sleeping in the living room, I'd sent the Lord say to me, I will raise her up. And at that point, I saw in the eye of my spirit, I saw Mom rising in the air, 
looking back on her body in the bed and us gathered around her. As we were with her, it was a holy experience. See, that's like the song we just sang that Dan wrote, that song that we just sang. And arise, you know, we're to rise here on this earth and walk in the light. And that's gratitude toward God, even in the midst of the hard things. I don't know anybody on earth that hasn't gone through hard things. But uh, in the midst of it, that we can learn to be thankful. And gratitude, why? Well, God, it's God's will, but the thing is, it brings forth the power of the Lord to work in that situation. And that's what it did with mom. She arose to him, to the Lord. Yes, but also... Judy interpreted her last words to us. Yeah. Yeah, Judy was there. She said, he is here. He is here. Why here and here. I'm gonna use that. I was sitting there, and she reached out and took a hold of my arm. She's going, he is here. He is here. He is here. She had been talking about Jesus had come to see her the week before, but he came back to get her. And she was beautiful. She looked like a Madonna. Her, her whole her whole face changed. So didn't it? Oh my God. Yeah. There was yeah. glory. The glory of the Lord she was went there. From glory to glory. <laughs> so she had seen a vision of the Lord a week earlier. She said he came. I said, Were you were you dreaming or was it a vision? No, he was here. Yeah, I didn't know that. He told her, to, she said he told her she was going to be healed. But I think she was healed as she, as she transitioned, yes. Uh, we think of Aaron and Ruth too today. Aaron Anderson and Ruth, that's Dan and Chris's daughter. Because Debbie... Uh, Aaron's mother did that yesterday too. On that same day, she transitioned. I also had a email from the Truebridge. We talked about the Truebridge. That's the network we're connected with now in of churches, and the leader is Doug Wing and Annie Wing from Marshall, and uh, Annie's father transitioned yesterday as well. But see, that's the thing. Even in the midst of that, there can be a thanksgiving unto God and a gratitude because in Christ Jesus, like this is talking about, in Christ Jesus, those who die physically, we don't lose them in a sense. I mean, we know where they are and we're going to see them again. 
and you'll know them. You'll know them. You'll know them. Thank you, Judy, for sharing that. And thank you. By the way, I just want to thank you, all those that are helping us this morning and giving gratitude and thanks to God. And Susan in particular, our leader there, uh, because they put a lot of time into preparing for us. And now I'm way off track of where we are in our notes. Where are we? I think we're. I think we're having you share from the word here. Okay, we'll let you do that. All right. Continuing here in Ephesians five. Uh, these are verses five through fourteen in the Living Bible. You can be sure of this: that the kingdom of Christ and of God Himself will never belong to anyone who is impure who is greedy, for a greedy person is really an idol worshiper. He loves and he worships the good things of this life, but more than God. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the terrible wrath of God is upon all those who do them. Don't even associate with such people. For the ones your heart was full of darkness, now it is full of light from the Lord, and your behavior should show it. And because of this light within you, you should do only what is good and what is right and what is true. Amen. Learn as you go along what pleases the Lord. And take no part in the worthless pleasures of evil and of darkness, but instead Rebuke, expose them. It would be shameful even to mention here those pleasures of darkness that the ungodly do. But when you expose them, the light shines in upon their sin and it shows it up. And when they see how wrong they truly are, some of them may even become children of the light. That is why God says in the scriptures, Awake, O sleeper. And rise up from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. Amen. So we're children of light now. Those that have received Christ Jesus, if you haven't, you can do that today. And that's those of you that are watching online too. Just come, come to the Lord. He's taken care of that. He's taking care of the sin problem. And um, we're so thankful for that. So thankful that the darkness has been overcome by the light in Jesus Christ. He is the true light. And it's from the Lord that light is. And when we walk in gratitude, walk according to the word, the light shines forth. The glory of the Lord comes forth and it touches those in our lives and in those around us. It's there. And we should take no part in the evil and the darkness. I mean, we can't yield ourselves to that kind of thing, the customs of the day that might come. We're to stand true according to the word of God and what we know is right in the word. In fact, it said there, even rebuke and expose the darkness so that those that 
here, you know, if we really love someone, we can bring a word of light, a word of correction that will help them to turn from it, that they can become children of light. That's what God is desiring to do in this day, I know. He loves every person. He loves you so much. But he loves those that don't know him. And we're part of the light. We're part of the light. And we can bring that call. Awake, thou sleeper, and rise up from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. Rise, shine, for your light is come. We can wake up and realize ourselves, too, that praise and thanksgiving, it shines that light. And that's what we're saying this morning. It's like shining the light. And it opens the way of the spirit in the spirit realm to penetrate the darkness that's around. We can open our eyes and give thanks and see victory snatched out of the jaws of defeat. And we can see prison doors open and bondages to sin of all kinds fall away. And this is true even in the darkest hour. We read about Paul in prison in that dark hour, in the midnight hour. And now we're going to have Jill. We're going to have Jill and Peter read again for us. It's Acts 16 there. This is Isaiah 16, or 60. 61 through 2. Okay, hang on, I see I got that wrong. Sorry about that. I wonder why you were looking at me like a calf at a new gate. <laughs> um, I used to milk cows, by the way. That's why I think of things like that. This is Acts 16, 25 and 26. And so at that midnight hour, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, now if you're in the midst of darkness, you felt like you've been in darkness a long time for whatever reasons may be, even the ones that we mentioned earlier or some other kind of thing that's going on in your life or your family or at the workplace or school or wherever. Suddenly things can change. Or we need, what we need to do is like Paul and Silas did, maintain that attitude of gratitude and praise and thanksgiving unto God. That's what they did, even in that situation. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, or we could call it a Godquake, or a huge God wink. So that the foundations of the prison house were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were unfastened. That's what happened. That's a continuance of that story that we started earlier, and it's true. It really happened. 
And for us, bondages of sin could be addictions, disease, lack, or whatever it may be in our life. In that midnight hour, continue that praise and worship to God and the resulting effect will come to us. But you know what? The people around us will be greatly affected too. People in that jail were greatly affected, every one of them. And the people in your home or in your business or at school or wherever you are and relating to other people, it will be a light that they see that shines, that can change their life totally. Totally. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about you. And as we arise out of the darkness, like we were just singing, it will show them the saving light in the middle of the gloom, in the middle of the doom stories. The way of God which is the way of truth and love will be revealed to them and they will experience the glory of the Lord. The glory of the, of the Lord. Hallelujah. So arise. We'll have... Okay, this is where you guys are going to be now. All right. So now, Isaiah 60, verses 1 and 2. Arise from the depression and from that prostration in which circumstances have kept you down in. Rise instead to a new life. Shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and dense darkness all of the peoples. But the Lord shall arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen on you.
This is my turn again. <laughs> Sorry about that. We were talking about mom, you know. Yeah. When I was like 17, 16, dad would shout down the stairs, Timothy, arise and shine for thy light has come. Uh, no, ten. Ten more minutes. Please, ten more minutes. <laughs> I remember that too. Arise, shine. That was a favorite verse. When you were ten, I was probably, what, 18? <laughs> I guess I was in college then, wasn't I? But at that point. But I do remember Dad from the bottom of the stairs. Rise, shine, for your light has come. That's what he would say. Hallelujah. So where are we? <laughs> so you read that already? Oh, you haven't read that yet. Okay, well then, why don't you read it? <laughs> I'd love to. All right, Ephesians 5.15. Uh, so be careful how you act in these, because uh, before these are difficult days. Don't be fools. Be wise. Make the most of every opportunity you have for doing good. And don't act thoughtlessly, but try to find out and to do whatever the Lord wants you to do. Don't drink too much wine, for many evils lie along the path. Be filled instead with the Holy Spirit and controlled by Him. Talk with each other much about the Lord, quoting psalms and hymns and singing sacred songs, making music in your hearts always to the Lord. Always give thanks for everything to our God and Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So Paul wrote, Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So just think about that again. Think about it again. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything. Always giving thanks for everything, no matter what the circumstances. Thanksgiving for the Apostle Paul, it wasn't just like a one, once a year celebration. You know, I'm thankful that we have a Thanksgiving day here in this country. But for him, of course, it wasn't a one day thing. And for us, it isn't. It's a lifestyle. An everyday reality that changed his life and it will change our life too. It made him a joyful person in even that situation in the jail. And we see the result. We see the breakthrough that came in his life. I remember a, an author named Merlin Crothers, oh, it was a long time ago, he wrote a book called Prison to Praise. And he just shared story after story after story in his life of, of giving praise in the midst of hard situations. And how God miraculously turned things around. It was sometimes it almost seemed like an earthquake in the spirit realm that would take place. And that's what can happen in our lives. And that's what we can believe for. 
for the hard things in our lives. Um, and, and when we're in a place of gratitude, it does. It stirs the joy within us. That's part of that light, the Holy Spirit fruit that comes forth, the fruit of the Spirit. That's the light of the Lord, the glory of the Lord that other people see, people around us see. And you know, this week somewhere I was listening to a teaching and they, they were quoting a Mayo Clinic study that people that have a life of gratitude and then resulting joy, they live longer. I can see that. They live longer. Thanksgiving, the giving of thanks to God for all his blessings, even the ones that are as yet unseen in the natural realm. See, we see things beyond what we can see in this natural realm. When we're in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the gloom, in the midst of the prison, or whatever it is, or in the chains, we see beyond that, and there's a hope that stirs. We keep our eyes fixed on the Lord, and like it says in Ephesians, which Paul also wrote, just be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known unto God. And then the peace of God will guard your hearts, protect your hearts, keep you quiet and rest as you trust in the Lord. But this, you know, even in the midst of the hard circumstances, having that attitude of gratitude... A joyful heart, which is fruit of the spirit, not of the circumstance. It's one of the most, those are some of the most distinctive marks of a believer in Jesus Christ. And we cannot allow a spirit of ingratitude to harden our hearts or to make us calloused toward God, because that's exactly what it does. Because it'll hinder, yes, it hinders our relationship with God and with other people. And nothing turns us into bitter and selfish, dissatisfied people more quickly than an ungrateful heart. But the reverse is also true. Nothing will do more to restore our joy, the love flow, and peace and contentment in our salvation than thanksgiving, giving thanks, counting our blessings. We're going to talk about that on source point, touch point, this next week. Counting our blessings. Some of you remember that old song, Count Your Many Blessings, Name Them One by One. But now we're going to sing a medley of songs. Why don't we stand up for this part? Medley of... Uh three songs. The first one is out of Ephesians 5, second one of uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, and the th third one, ni Psalm 92 and 95. Here we go. Talk with each other much about the Lord. Quoting songs and hymns and singing sacred songs. Making music in your heart. 
from Colossians uh, 3, 12 through 15. So, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, of kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving each other whoever has a complaint against anyone. Just as the Lord forgave you, you also should. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. And be thankful. And... That's being thankful to God, but you know, it's being thankful to one another too. By the way, I'm thankful for those always in the in the sound booth. I know some are doing double duty because some are gone this week. But like Herb today, with all the things you've had to put up, I'm very thankful, Herb. <laughs> we have gratitude toward you for doing that. It's not easy. I think I mentioned before, I did that one time. I did it one time. <laughs> one time. <laughs> that was enough for me. But this thing of being, having gratitude toward one another for the things of life. Saying thank you. Thank you for this or for that. Being thankful. Thankful to Joyce 
for what she does for those around me. Giving thanks. That's another way to give thanks, isn't it? Add an attitude of gratitude toward people. Discerning the body of Christ, the family of God. Fulfilling the new commandment that Jesus gave. What was that? Love one another, right? We are the body. One body in the Lord. And so we should live that way. And as we are one, Jesus said it. He told us to love one another. And he said, by this shall men, shall women know that you're my disciples. By what? By the love that you have for one another. By the love that you have. Praise God. So we're going to sing about that right now. We are one in the spirit. This is an old song. Remember this from probably 50 years ago, but it's new in a way then too. Let's stand up again as we sing this. Jesus, his only son. 
is from Colossians 3, 16 through 17. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within each of you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks through him to God the Father. So we do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And that's what we do in this day. Psalm 92, 1 says, It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. And we just speak forth in thanksgiving a prayer for revival. Yes, revival and awakening. Revival in the church and awakening in the nation, in this nation. Revival in the church. When we were singing that song, we were one in the spirit, we were one in the Lord, it brought me back to Northwestern College back in early 70s and uh, I remember singing that song quite often and we had at the school I went to the college there in Iowa they had required chapel I think it was three uh, four. I think it was four days there were five days of chapel but I think it was required four days a week and I know there was, especially when I was early in the freshman year, I remember a lot of complaints and, you know, this shouldn't be, they shouldn't make us go to church, you know, type thing. It was from the denomination that I grew up in, that's what that college was, uh, from the Reformed Church in America denomination. And uh, so... It, it, and it's still today very strongly rooted in Christ. I don't know that the chapel is still required, maybe one day a week or something like that, maybe. But the thing is, something happened. I believe it was 
latter part of my freshman year, but for sure in the sophomore year. Something happened, and everything changed. You couldn't keep the young people that were going to college out of chapel. They wanted to be in chapel. There wouldn't have had to be a required chapel. They weren't only there for chapel during the day. You know, what was it, Joyce? That's where we met each other. What time was chapel? You remember, 9.30 to 10.10 or something like that? You know, every day. They weren't only there then. They were there during the day. They'd come between classes and pray. They'd have little prayer groups around at night. I can remember being filled at night with students. I remember students going from there singing this song. That's what made me think of it. Singing this song through the streets of Orange City. (laughs) Because revival had come. And it spread actually across this whole nation. Back then Life Magazine and Look Magazine and the Saturday Evening Post were big deals. You know, magazines. Jesus was on the cover of all those. And it just swept through our nation like a great wave. Let's see. I give thanks and gratitude unto God for what I see coming to our nation. Revival to the church and awakening to the nation. In my heart, in my spirit, but all around the world, a great harvest of souls. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You think I'm foolish to believe for something like that? I don't think you do. And I so long for that, for the younger generations that haven't seen it. It's coming. Let's believe for it to come. Let's believe for it. Let's believe for it. Let's believe for it. Hallelujah. I guess that's the name of the next song, isn't it? Hallelujah. So we'll close with that song before we close in prayer. Let's stand up again. Mom's favorite song. Don't hold back. (laughs) Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
revival and awakening comes. Those that seemed hardest will become so soft. It'll be like a knife through, a hot knife through butter to bring them to the Lord. My roommate and I, Phil Manning and I, were in First East Colenbrander. It was known as the ghetto. It was a hard place. <laughs> I know it's a Christian college, but but these guys were in, that were in that part of the dorm, they were there on scholarships, like for a different sport. It was a hard place to be. We did get to know them, and then it was better, especially as freshmen, it was hard. But there was a, they were hardened. You think these guys would never come to the Lord. So the one that was probably the, the worst of all, and I'll tell you, the words that would come from their mouths, I guess I was pretty sheltered growing up. I heard a lot of stuff I never heard of before. The cuss words were just, the, the, sometimes I'd come into the hallway, it would just be blue with the residue. Scott Bovenkirk. You remember him? Well, we started praying for him and for others too, but no way. People say, no way. You're wasting your time praying for him. Well, he had a dream. The Lord spoke to him in a dream, and it was a dream where somehow he broke through the ice. This was his dream, and I know it because as a result of this, he came to the Lord and he disrupted a chapel, one of the required chapel services. Another speaker was supposed to be up there, but he, he, I can still, he came in from the back. He was one of those who just hated required chapel. Just hated it. And he had ways of sneaking things so that well, anyway, I won't go into that. He comes in the back door. He comes up. Somebody else was actually there, standing behind the pulpit. And Scott had an authority and a confidence about him that if he asked to take the pulpit, it was given to him, and he took it. And he said... I want to confess before you all, and this is before like probably 800 students. I want to confess before you all that I have received Jesus Christ as my Savior, and you better too. Because <laughs> he had had a dream, and he had fallen through the ice. And he couldn't find the hole where he had fallen through. And he could feel himself being sucked further through. I suppose it was a river, further down the river. And he got his mouth right up to the edge of the, the ice because he thought there would be some oxygen pockets there. And in this time, he, he knew he was going to die. 
I mean, this isn't a dream, but it was, you know how dreams can be very real. If God's speaking to you through a dream, it'll be real. And you know what? God is still doing that today. And you finally, in that situation, see, we had been praying for him. And he had heard the gospel in that required chapel. He had heard the gospel in the required chapel. And he called out to Jesus from beneath that ice. And he says, when I called out, there's this whoosh. And I came right up through the ice. And there was Jesus before me. ghetto changed. 30s Colenbrander changed. The whole campus changed. We had Jesus marches, spontaneous. Thank the Lord for the walks for Jesus we have now. Thanks for leading that, Tim, when you do, and Kathy and others. But these were spontaneous ones. We made signs you know, all this stuff. We walk the streets. But thank you, Lord. This next wave, I don't believe, will look just like that. But let's believe for it. Amen. And Joyce has something to say. If you get close to me, you can talk into this mic. I'll use this one. It's <laughs> good, Anna. Okay. So I just asked the Holy Spirit. He began to speak to me about something. And I just said, well, if you want me to share that, you'll have to make it clear. And he just said, wave. Wave. So uh, two years ago before the election, the Holy Spirit very clearly spoke to me. There will be a tidal wave across this nation. I thought it was going to be a turnover in the election. This is two years ago. Yeah, over two years ago as we were approaching that. And I knew it was such depth that I was so surprised it wasn't a political tidal wave. But just now when I was standing there, he says, it's never been that. It's what you've been talking about. It's a tidal wave of the reality of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in hearts and lives here in our communities, our schools, our state, our nation. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Once again, again and again, but once again, a tidal wave of the working of your Holy Spirit in hearts and lives of all ages. Children, children all ages, youth, 
college age, all ages, all ages. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you. We have thankful hearts this morning. We anticipate this, Father. We anticipate the working of you, Holy Spirit, in us and in others. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So we'll continue to pray for this and believe for this with thanksgiving. Amen. With thanksgiving. And we invite all of you, we invite all of you to stay for lunch. Great meal. I saw them preparing it from scratch. You know, Literally that's what from they scratch. Do. They the chopping, the sauteing, the, guac the sauces. And the salsas <laughs> and everything. Adana Maria. Stay. We're thankful and grateful for all those that make our meals too. Yes. But do stay for fellowship. Yes. So God bless you and yes. thank you all for thank helping you. this morning. Thank you. Great job, everybody. Hallelujah. If anyone needs prayer, please be free to come up here.